Hello, and welcome to the Salisbury Pediatric Associate Newsletter Audiocast. I'm your host, Dr. M, and this is Volume 13, Issue Number 18, which corresponds with the week of April 17, 2023. This episode, we're going to cover An Uncivilized Journey, Part 2, some literature review, and then recipe of the week. The podcast that go and goes along with this newsletter is A Young Man's Journey with Blake Chalfant, episode number 44, which can be found at Dr. M's Women and Children First podcast on Apple, iTunes podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. All right, so the free thoughts this week. The crisis of enoughness is real and needs to be explored. And we get into that conversation with Blake Chalfant all around what it means to be enough and how young men and women are struggling with feeling like they are good enough or are enough in general. So let's do the uncivilized journey. Last year, I wrote about an uncivilized journey that was very eye-opening and transformative for me. This year, I went on a second journey deep in the fields of rural Austin, Texas, where horses, turkeys, and deer were living in peace. It was deeper and more moving than the first which is saying something for me. I'm going to rerun last year's piece as it encapsulated the experiences so well, then in future weeks I'm going to tackle journey two. But here's journey one in a recap, because I think, again, this gets to a lot of the understanding of what young men and men of my age and men in general need to be doing in order to be the best versions of their self for their family and society at large. What does it mean to go on a journey? Is it to leave home and see a new physical place and return home with a new perspective and memories? Is it to leave your body and travel through your mind through the eyes of another, as in a book, poem, or movie? Is it a shared experience? Is it solitary? Is it good for you and your future? Is it bad? To me, the simple answer is that a journey is any and all of these things that change your perspective after being witnessed, felt, and incorporated in some fashion within you. I have been on a journey of sorts for years to find a better version of myself. To be as Mark Sylvester says, quote, 1% better today than yesterday, end quote. But I am not sure that I even understand the question, let alone the journey over time. What I am really seeking What is 1% better? Is it knowing more medicine? Check. Is it starting and completing projects? Check. Is it exercising and eating healthy? Check. Is it avoiding toxic substances and people? Check. Is it trying to be a good husband, partner, father, son, etc.? Check. Despite all of this, why am I still looking? There is always more to learn, more exercise to do, and another project to tackle. Why then am I still looking? Ah, such is life's questions. The thought that came to me after the week in Austin was transformation. I'm still looking to transform some way, somehow. Something inside me is still missing. Usher in man uncivilized. Men are not particularly vulnerable. Doctors like myself less so. I am no exception to this rule. I appear to many of my patients, friends, and colleagues as sympathetic and vulnerable when I am holding the hand of an ill child or consoling a parent in their grief. But am I really there in the moment? Am I really feeling the pain of a child or parent? 
Am I truly helping them process their grief by holding space and emotional energy for them? For years, I would have said yes, despite having limited formal education understanding self-grief, vulnerability, and release. Where do these experiences go? No, I'm not so sure. I've seen too many deaths and sick children to count out loud. They came and went while I continued to work for the next child, adolescent, and parent. I stayed focused and present for each new need, as that is what is expected of me. 30 years have passed since I entered medical school. Did I ever truly deal with each emotional charged situation? Did I mourn them? Or did these experiences get shoved away somewhere dark in the recesses of my mind? Did I do what most men do, compartmentalize and wall off pain and feelings? In April of last year, I began that new chapter in my journey. I flew to Austin, Texas to spend five days on a ranch with 29 men that I'd never met before. The idea was to understand what it truly means to be a man in modern times to be in tune with all aspects of my life's experiences, to hide from nothing, to protect, to live authentically, to move past trauma and pain, to be a man uncivilized. To better understand the idea behind the decision to go forth, I give you the words of Traver Boehm. Quote, there was a time just a few years ago when men had to choose between two outdated and broken options, be the lone wolf and die alone with a chest full of unexpressed emotions and a wake of broken relationships behind him. A man who thinks the feminine is weakness and weakness is unbearable. He misunderstands that within his greatness lie his greatest strengths. Or be the sensitive new age guy, the nice guy, and have a million best girlfriends now living as the wolf in sheep's clothing. A man who thinks the masculine is terrifying and is forced to deny every aspect of his own manhood. If you are a nice guy, you are living someone else's life. But the truth wasn't in these two options, was it? I knew it. Most men knew it. We just couldn't find it. And until you have your own back, you can't truly have someone else's. What if there was an option for men to break out of their caged lives and become free? A good man, a strong man, a whole man. The men in our civilized society have a problem, and the solution won't be found in the same civilized world. I felt called to create a solution for men to break free of all the pains the civilized world created. It was time to empower men to be uncivilized. The uncivilized man is unapologetically male, dangerous but not a danger, makes still his mind, makes savage his body, knows his gifts grow in the garden of his wounds, practices presence and performance, honors the men before him, the women who bore him, and the children who will inherit his earth, has equal and easy access to his head, heart, and balls, lives by the rule, there are no rules, but there is responsibility, loves fiercely, openly, and without reservation, knows strength without love is tyranny, knows love without strength is victimhood, lives an unapologetic life of passion and purpose, end quote, Traver Bone. My purpose on this segment of my journey was to see the truth in these statements. It will only cost me five days and a little bit of money, a worthy cost for a potential outcome benefit. Can men live in this modern and dysfunctional world with integrity, authenticity, protective power, and still tap into the soft and vulnerable side of themselves? This is sorely missing in male society, and even more so in the Marlboro archetype of male-dominated medicine from which I was born. 
Here begins a tale of gathering, a fellowship of sorts, without a ring. Just men as they were, and the three fellowship leaders with incredible wisdom. Trevor Boehm, Dewey Freeman, and Michael Gay. How to tell this tale will, might really be a challenge. But here it goes. The collective group had only one common theme, men. We were tall and short. Long-haired and short-haired, skinny and muscular, outgoing and quiet, light-skinned and dark, deep-voiced and less so, and so many other differences that commonalities were uncommon. We work and have worked in the military, the police forces, as accountants, singers, doctors, business entrepreneurs, and so much more. When I sat down with these strangers for the first time, I had little to no a priori knowledge of the group's focus other than having read Traver's book, Man Uncivilized. I purposely chose to limit my knowledge in order to be a blank slate from which to draw and learn. However, the blank slate was not blank for long. Rapidly, we began to learn the philosophy of a newer man that shuns old archetypes in favor of a more balanced approach of the primal and the divine, the male and female energies, linked in balance. The Marlboro Man is too tough, and not soft when called upon by his partner or child, whereas the nice guy is unable to access strength and protection when called upon for his loved ones. When I think about nature, balance is always the key to long-term survival and health. Not enough sleep is a major drag on metabolism and immune health. Too much sleep has its own consequences. Sedentary behavior is a net negative, while overtraining is also a net negative. Eat too much food, suffer weight dysfunction, and metabolic ill health. Eat too little and wither away. Therefore, why would it not be so for man's inner feelings? We see men all over the United States lost in the old archetypes and miserably living day by day. The police officer is excellent at his craft, but unable to rematriculate into home living because of the stress of the job, visualize death and injurious risk. No softness with which to handle the young child's or partner's needs. No ability to hold space and be a rock of support with tenderness. The commonly used phrase, tough it up buttercup, no longer serves for anyone in their relationship. Or the doctor, who has bottled up experiences of death and illness, headaches of modern medical systems, dysfunction to a point where he is numb to his family's perceived pain, as not bad enough to warrant sympathy or empathy, and so on. These are real stories happening everywhere in society. Men are not learning or developing the tool sets to be a functional part of the family or and society in a balanced way. This is not to say that they are not trying nor motivated to be there for their loved ones. Therein lies the tragedy, the pain of wanting to be there without a toolkit from which to draw from. The shame of inability is very difficult for men. It leads to lots of bad habits to self-soothe. We, need, we know them all too well. Alcohol, sex, drugs, workaholism, aggression. Knowing that all these old dysfunctions are not serving men made their newer view seem interesting and worthy of further study. Thus, we began a five-day experience whereby men looked deep within themselves and opened doors to far-locked-away parts of themselves in order to find balance to competing forces, the primal and the divine. In my estimation, most men are in touch with the primal side through work, sport, competition, sex, and so much more. But how do they entertain the divine energy? The answer is that most do not. 
Many men have no idea how to keep both aspects of their ethos in balance. They can work hard at their career craft, exercise ad nauseum, but have limited capacity to feel for others at an emotional level, especially when talking to women or girls. This is a big problem. This is also not age-dependent. The advanced age individual likely just has more memories and frustrations to draw from for victimhood or self-negativity. Man uncivilized. Men present themselves as they are over the five-day event, whether they are imbalanced as the Marlboro Man or nice guy archetype. There is no judgment. It is a time to strip away the masks of who you think that you are to please others or yourself and look for a new balance point. Dewey, Michael, Traver lead men down a pathway of identifying the point of imbalance within the participants, owning whatever it is and working to undo the stories that we tell ourselves to deal with it. Men are supporting men during this time process. They step up for each other as they struggle with feeling emotions for the first time in a long time. There is a massive power in the collective male support regardless of the issue at hand. What happens at these events stays between the men, so I cannot share their experiences as a point of understanding, but I can share mine. Again, as a participating member of this group, I am a practicing physician. Feeling loss has not been my forte over the years. Therefore, when a participant struggled with his own experiences around death, I began to feel emotions bubbling up from places unknown. I re-experienced my exposures to death over the years in a safe environment loaded with support. Processing these lost emotions for the first time in decades was difficult but cathartic. The ability to see, feel, and process these emotions allowed me to leave the experience lighter and more balanced. Hopefully this has opened the door to process future events in a more balanced way for myself, the child, and the parents. There were many other mirroring experiences for me based on weight of expectations, support, and frustration, all of which stirred emotional shifts that were previously not well known to me. Each person had their own experience in their own way with one commonality, the support of 29 other men. That strength in number cannot be replicated in a traditional one-on-one counseling or therapeutic model. Speaking for myself, this experience was and is beautiful tiring, cathartic, moving, feeling, seeking, loving, and growing. Outside of this interactive part of the experience lies a traditional lecture and group discussion model whereby the essence of the balance between the primal and divine are discussed at length. Some highlights of this reality are, one, that it takes contact to lead to connection, which leads to relationship, which ultimately leads to what all humans want, intimacy. This occurs over time, And that time constant leads to consistency and safety. The ability to connect with another human on a deeper level that is safe, vulnerable, and real. In a word, happiness. This is a truth. Two, an uncivilized man has a relationship with his pain and knows how to handle it in a balanced and stable way. The pain does not turn into anger, abuse, addiction, controlling behavior, weakness, manipulation, arrogance, passive, spiritual bypass, and always giving to get. The uncivilized man is resolute, a protector, authentic, unapologetic, purposeful, emotionally tuned, empathic, compassionate, loving, supportive, engaged, and strong. Three, be soft and accepting while releasing pain and loving your family and friends in their struggle. Avoid surrender, weakness, and becoming the lone wolf. Four, stop playing the victim. 
blaming others, and own your part of every dance. Be the loving protector of your wife, girlfriend, and or children. They need to know that you are going to be strong emotionally and physically so they can work through their own concerns. 5. Aim to avoid controlling behavior which is not trustworthy. Engender to be trustworthy first, whereby power can be balanced, influential, and bidirectional. Power struggles and lack of trust are relationship kryptonite. Upon returning home to North Carolina, I sat down to journal my values for the next 50 years of my life, God willing. Here they are. 1. Live in power and not in control. That is a very important distinction. To be in power is to be strong and resolute, but not controlling that which is in relationship with you, whoever it is, work, family, friend, doesn't matter. Live in power, not in control. Two, live softer with more solid structure, including boundaries and safety. Boundaries and safety can be strong. They don't have to be aggressive or painful. Three, forgive self for mistakes that I will make in the future while accepting my imperfect self. Very important. Four, let mask a formal self and adaptive child fade away over time. Five, focused most of my attention on children and their health despite the broken medical business model and system that frustrates me eternally. Six, action and behavior are far more important than words. Seven, I will seek to find and hold space while accepting the emotional work and process of my family and friends. Eight, do not give up self and authenticity to connect and or attach with another as that is a mask and the fake you. Nine, teach the youth as often as possible as you head toward elderhood. Ten, no one deserves my frustration and anger. Thus, I will contain and prevent it from affecting others at all times. To be value-based is to be an authentic and uncivilized man that values relationship, intimacy, and love above the current archetypes that no longer serve us. My current day-to-day work revolves around feeling the realities of others in my sphere of life. With my children and my wife, I am learning to hold space more as opposed to always trying to fix the issue immediately. This is a tall task for a lifelong dedicated fixer. When my modus operandi at work has been to listen and fix where possible, that reality is less functional at home and with loved ones. I find that my father's passing has made me even more reflective on his ability to hold space for others while I struggle in the past and struggle to do so now. The other great aspect of the evolving new outlook is that there are many, many ways to make a great and fulfilling existence, whether through health or other pathways. We need to continue to offer others grace as they progress through their paths of healing. I hope that I've effectively portrayed the reality of this profound and moving experience for me. If you are interested and motivated to be a better man, then I encourage you all to look into the world of the uncivilized man. It may be just the best thing that you do this year. And for the ladies listening, this is a great place for your son or husband or anyone in your family that is a man to go. Section 2. Number 1. Literature review on omega-3 fatty acids as fish oil reduces the gene expression of interleukin-6, leading to less serum IL-6 and thus decreasing systemic inflammation. This comes to us from Ma et al., M-A et al. Reducing IL-6 in modern times is very useful as higher volumes in human circulation associated with increased inflammatory disease states. So for me, again, fish oil keeps coming up as a really good source of pro- resolving 
inflammation states. Two, from the study, quote, a total of 8,842 participants with autism spectrum disorder and 43,864 control participants were studied. Every IQR increase in estimated geocoded maternal exposure to natural source lithium in drinking water was associated with higher odds of autism spectrum disorder in offspring. Elevated odds among offspring for ASD were estimated starting from the second quartile of estimated maternal exposure to drinking water with lithium, and the odds ratio for highest quartile compared to the reference group was 1.46. The associations were unchanged when adjusting for air pollution exposure and no differences were apparent in stratified analyses. This study suggests that naturally occurring lithium in drinking water may be a novel environmental risk factor for ASD development that requires further scrutiny, end quote. LIEU et al. 2023. This study adds to a large body of evidence that leads me to believe that ASD is an in utero or prenatally driven syndrome. There's no single answer to the risk elevations. The common theme for me is exposure to toxicants in a susceptible population leading to disease. Avoiding toxicants remains the key to prevention. Having water filters on all home-based drinking Water makes incredible sense to me, and I highly encourage folks to get either a carbon-based filter or an RO filter. Number three, air pollution, or particulate matter 2.5 micron size, otherwise known as PM 2.5 particulate matter, is highly associated with worsened cognitive activity. A new study from researchers at MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, shows that the effect is quite profound. From the article, they state, we find that when individuals are exposed to higher levels of air pollution, they make more mistakes and they make larger mistakes, says Juan Palacios, an economist at the MIT Sustainable Urbanization Lab and co-author of the newly published paper. The paper is called Indoor Air Quality and Strategic Decision-Making, and it appears in advance online form in the journal Management Science. Links are in the newsletter, of course, as always. Indoor air quality continues to be a major issue for me and for all of us, especially the children in schools. The fact that the chess experts were so profoundly affected with poor air quality that is often better than many inner city schools is not a good sign. We really need to be paying attention to this reality. Four, gas cooking stoves have been in the news lately as they are causing issues in the lungs of susceptible people. In the study by Gruenwald et al. 2023, we see, quote, indoor gas stove use for cooking associated with increased risk of current asthma among children is prevalent at 35% of households in the U.S. They found that 12.7% of current childhood asthma in the U.S. is attributable to gas stove use. The proportion of childhood asthma that could be theoretically prevented if gas stove use was not present is various by state. Illinois, 21%, California, 20%, New York, 18.8%, Massachusetts, 15%, and Pennsylvania, 14%. Our results quantify the U.S. public health burden attributable to gas stove use and childhood asthma, end quote. For me, the difficulty in the balancing a normal lifestyle and health has always been tricky. Adults and children with asthma function as canaries in the coal mine for all of us on the effects of benzene and other toxic substances released into our environment through cooking. Always run your hood fan when cooking and always consider using an indoor air filter near your cooking zone. As someone who likes to cook, the thought of getting rid of my gas stove is ugly at best. I will aim for mitigating measures for now. Section three, recipe of the week, kimchi. And the link is there for my Korean kimchi. 
I highly recommend trying out this recipe. It promotes really good gut bugs, the function of your gut microbiome, and the metabolites that come from them. Really, really good stuff. All right, that's it for this week. Song of the week is Magic Power by Triumph. Really good oldie that I love. So that's it. Always remember, hug those kids. Now for the disclaimer. The information provided in this podcast newsletter is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for advice and or treatment provided by your physician or other healthcare professionals not to be used to diagnose or treat a health issue and does not constitute the formation of the provider-patient relationship. Have a great day.